on, put your hands together. If you're thankful for the goodness of God in your life. Hey, we're thrilled that you're here today starting a brand new series. If you're new to church, the series is simply a collection of messages around one theme, one idea. And, um, and I'm excited about the one we're starting for the month of February. It's going to be a great, great series. I hope that you make the commitment to go all in every Sunday of this series. You don't want to miss one of them. And, and also wanna, I want to challenge you to this, you know, we're only a, a month into the year, is that you go all in in the church. That, that I promise you, if you'll go all in for the rest of the year, everything, Sunday morning, small group, get on the dream team, be a part of just everything God is doing here. I promise you at the end of the year, your life will be better, that it'll be better for the good. And so I wanna challenge you to that. I've had so many people over the years that say, Pastor, I did it, I went all in, and I can't tell you how much it's changed my life for the good. And so I wanna encourage you to, to do that. Well, hey, we're gonna get into the Word today, so why don't you tell somebody around you that, man, they look good today, they look good, you're glad to see them. This collection of talks we're starting today is a series called Rattled, and it's about this idea that when chaos steals your joy, when chaos steals your joy, and, um, and so we're going to jump right into it today. Thank you, team, so much. How about our worship team? Killing it. And, uh, and so we're going we're gonna to jump right in. Father, I pray that the Word would speak to our hearts, change our lives. May we never be the same in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How many of you like going into something blind? Not this guy. Not this guy. Don't, I'm not a big fan of surprises unless it's like, you know, a new set of golf clubs or a, a new motorcycle or something. I'm all about that. Um, but I'm, I don't like going into things blind. I, I have a lot of, even for, for a meeting, my assistant, I'll be like, what's the subject? What do they want to talk about? How long do they want to talk? Are y'all following me? Like, I don't even like going into a meeting blind. Like, give me all the details or I don't know if I'm taking the meeting. So I may not want to talk about what they want to talk about. And so I just, I don't like going into things blind. I don't like going into uh, events blindly. I, it's why I didn't like um, haunted houses. Come on, somebody. I don't know if there's a, th I don't know if they're a thing anymore. In East Tennessee, where I grew up, haunted houses were a big thing, and Freddy Krueger was always at the end. Come on, I'm dating myself. Come on, somebody with some blades on the finger. Like, I did not like those things because I didn't know what was happening inside there. I didn't know who was jumping out at me. I don't like going into things blind. I like to know what is happening. Why? Because it helps you prepare for it, right? You can kind of get mentally prepared. If you're going somewhere on a trip, it helps you like preparing your packing. And it's just a little better. How many of you know it's better to be prepared? And here's what I know about this last season of life and maybe even currently in this season of life is that sometimes life throws you things that you're not prepared for and it can rattle you. It can shake you. It, it can cause it to make it feel like the ground below you is shaking and you're not sure exactly what to do and how to, how to really stay firm in the middle of shaking. And, and the book of James is just what we're going to go through the next four weeks through this month of February. I love doing these. Every so often throughout the year, I'll just take a book and we don't necessarily go verse by verse, but we do look at some big themes, themes that are in the book. Um, and so this is a great time if you're a note taker to take a whole lot of notes. If you're not, it's a great time to become a note taker. Come on, you won't remember everything I say, but if you write it down, you'll have it for later. 
Um, and so I love going through these books and the book of James is gonna show us how to not be rattled. Because when you hit chaos, you get rattled and, and your joy can get robbed and, and your footing can get shaken underneath you and, you and you can begin to wonder like, where is God and, and what is real and what can I hold on to and, and what can I not hold on to in the middle of shaking? And the book of James helps us do that very thing. It helps us know where we're going. It gives us a, a guide. It gives us uh, some preparation for our faith. It gives us preparation on how just sometimes, how many of you know, sometimes if you can just get a different perspective, like the situation doesn't necessarily have to change, but if you can just see it differently, if you can look at it from a different angle, if you can consider it from a different perspective, it changes everything for you inside. And so James helps us do that. And, and today specifically, he helps us understand, is it this or is it that? That's, that's the title of the message if you're writing that down. Is it this or is it that? He talks about two different things and he contrasts them and he compares them. And what he's doing is he's preparing us to say, hey, just want you to be prepared that when you face some things, I want you to know what it is. I don't want you to be caught off guard. I want you to know what it is. And so we're going to jump in together. If you're with me, say amen. amen. And uh, so I want to start out in, in James chapter one, verse one. We'll start at the very beginning. Um, there's so much. I think I could do the entire series off this one verse. I could do a Sunday off every section of this one verse, but, but we're gonna, I'm going to give you the overview and then we're going to get into the, to the meat of what he's going to talk to us about. James, so he's identifying himself. This will... Also, I hope help you as you read your Bible. I hope as you watch me kind of walk through the text, you go, oh, I could do that. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any tools that you don't have. Um, you, could, you could do this very thing as you study the word of God for yourself. But he, but he identifies himself, James, and it's important for us to know that James is the half-brother of Jesus. All right? He's the half-brother. Why is he the half-brother? Because God was Jesus. Are y'all following me? Y'all with me? Okay, so he's the half-brother of Jesus. And so can you imagine, like, um, James had to be a very secure individual when Jesus is your half-brother. Like, Jesus never gets a bad grade. Like, Jesus, you know, his sippy cup never runs out of water because he just refills it automatically. Like, I mean, you just got to be, like, a very secure individual. I don't know if Mary and Joseph had to have, like, you know, parenting seminars about, hey, it'd probably be good for you not to say, can you be more like your brother? because he's the son of God, that's kind of impossible, so don't set a standard for James. Are y'all following me? So James, he, and, he's, and he identifies himself in this way, a servant of God. We could spend a whole Sunday talking about how this is our calling, that we're not rock stars for Jesus, that we're servants of the most high God. That, that, I love this about James because James is the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. He's kind of a big deal. They had 3,000 people on launch Sunday. Come on, somebody. Have y'all read that in the book of Acts, right? Like launch Sunday, 3,000 people were baptized. It's the greatest start to a church ever in human history that I've, I've read about. But he's the pastor. He could have said, I'm the James the pastor, James the bro half-brother of Jesus. He could have put a whole lot of things out there, but he understood that true leadership is servanthood. And so as a servant, he said, as a leader, he goes, no, I'm a servant of God. That's all I am. I may have the title of a pastor, I may be a, a team leader, I may be a small group leader, I may be on the parking team, I'm just a servant of the most high God, that's all I am, nothing more, nothing less, I'm not better than anybody else, I'm just here to, to serve. 
And he says, a servant of God, and then listen to this, and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think how powerful that is. What James is saying is, I'm a servant of God and my half-brother. This may be the most convincing claim of who Jesus was. The resurrection is powerful. The 400 witnesses is powerful. 12 apostles that were willing to be martyred for the gospel. Those are all powerful proofs that Jesus was who he said he was. But come on, somebody. If you can convince your brother you're the son of God, then you must be the son. Hello, somebody. Put your hands together if you believe that. And so then he tells us who he's writing the letter to. He says, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. I think this is so fitting for the time that we live in when the church is scattered. That you're, some of you, you, you feel that you're not in a campus, you're online. And in this season, the church has been scattered. They've been under heavy persecution. They've been dealing with some some heavy, heavy things. And, and so James is pinning this letter to them. They're in the middle of chaos. Things are being rattled. And James is pinning the, this letter to them and he's getting it out to them. And he says, greetings. And, and you may think, all right, do we really have to deal with every single word, pastor? <laughs> it's important for you to understand this, that the word greeting here also can have the idea of rejoice. So they're scattered. They're in the middle of chaos and he tells them first, I just want to say to you beginnings, rejoice. James is saying it's a good day to be alive. He's saying, I'm excited about what's in front of me. He's saying, I'm making a choice. Rejoice is a choice. And he said, I'm making this choice. And then in the next section of this chapter, which we're going to deal with today, he deals with two things. He deals with trials and he deals with temptation. He deals with trials and he deals with temptation. These are the two things that we're gonna talk about today. And here's what I want you to understand about trials and temptations. Trials are things that come along in your life that are obstacles in the road. They're things that, that you didn't plan on. There's things that you didn't put on the calendar. It's, 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 a, it's a, a, a challenging situation at work. It's a trial. You didn't put it on the calendar. It's, it's a global pandemic. You didn't plan for that. It's a, it's a trial. It's, it's, the, it's the tension of relationships. It, it could be a trial. A temptation is a fork in the road. It's an opportunity for you to make a decision. And James wants us to know, listen, when you're facing hard things, I want you to know the difference between a trial and a temptation, I want you to know what a trial brings and I want you to know what a temptation brings. And so I want you to be aware because trials can rattle you and temptations can rattle you and I want you to know the difference. If you're with me, say amen. amen. And so he tells us some things about each of these and we're gonna start with trials first because we all face them. And the first thing that James shows us about trials is this, number one, is that you get to name it that you can name it, that you, you get to call the trial whatever you want. I don't, I don't mean like you get to name it like my trial's name is Bob. <laughs> you know, like that's my trial and he works with me. And 
my trial's name, no, I'm not talking about that, or my trial's name is, you know, whatever your, the name of your employer is, or my trial's name is your homeroom teacher. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you get to name it. And, and look what he says in the next verse, in verse two of chapter one, he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Consider it pure joy. The word consider is the word, the idea of the word consider is the idea of leading, of advancing, of, of stepping forward. In other words, he says, lead to joy, my friends, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Consider it, think about it. Suppose it may be joy in the middle of it when you face trials. Some of you are thinking, James, have you lost your mind? Like I'm supposed to consider it joy that I'm walking through this pain? I'm supposed to consider it joy that I'm walking through this trial? I'm supposed to consider it joy that I'm walking through this financial hardship, that I'm walking through this relational tension, that I'm walking through uncertainty, that I'm walking through this anxiety that is gripping me because of the circumstances around me? I'm supposed to consider it joy? James is saying, yes, you get to decide what you call it. You can call it it's over, life is horrible, this is gonna defeat me, this is gonna be the thing that takes me under. You get to decide what you call it in the middle of it. James is just saying, I would think you should consider it joy. That I think you ought to look at it and go, God is up to something in the middle of this, so I'm gonna find joy in this. It may not be making me happy right now, but I can find joy in the middle of it. Here's what I found about life. You will find whatever you're looking for. That if you're looking for it to be defeat, you'll find defeat. If you're looking for it to be depression, you'll find depression. If you're looking for it to be the thing that takes you out, it will be the thing that takes you out because there is power in how you see it. James is just saying, hey, why don't you consider it joy? You got nothing to lose. Do you have a better option? Do you have a better perspective? No, he's saying consider it joy when you face trials of all kinds. James is not saying that you should walk around going, God, I'm just, I'm just so thankful for these trials. I'm just thankful for the pain I'm walking through. God, this is amazing. No, he says, the Bible says, in all things give thanks for this is the will of God. He doesn't say for all things give thanks. But he says, in all things, give thanks. So God, I may be walking through a trial right now, but in the middle of the trial, I can give thanks, not for the trial, but in the middle of it, I know you're good. I know you're faithful. I know you're consistent. I can find things to give thanks for in the middle of it. When you begin to consider it joy, it changes your attitude. And as my dad used to tell me, your attitude will change your altitude. And some of you in this season, you have flown at such a low level because your altitude has been dictated by your attitude. And your attitude is a choice. If you live your life just responding and reacting to everything you experience and feel, you will be schizophrenic. You will be emotionally unstable. I'm serious. 
Because you'll be happy in one moment because things are good, and you'll be sad in one moment because things are not good, and, and they said something negative about you, and insecurities will rise up, and you'll just be bouncing all over the place. No, you, you choose. Your choices lead, your feelings follow. And so James says, I, I, want, you to, I want you to name it. Name it joy. And, and then he tells us, why we can name it joy, because number two, not only can we name it, but you can use it. You can use trials. I thought the trial was using me. It depends on how you see it. No, you can use it. Here's what he tells us next, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Oh, so James, I can call this joy because God isn't doing something to me. God is doing something in me. God didn't send the trial, but God is leveraging the trial so that I can become stronger in my faith, so I can go deeper in my intimacy with Christ. So you mean I could come out of this season? You mean I could come out of this pandemic more full of faith than I've ever been? I could be stronger than I've ever been. I could be more full of joy than I've ever been. I may have some scars for the battle, but I'm better because of the battle? You mean that could be my story? Well, it depends on how you use it. You could come out of this more bitter. You could come out of this more discouraged. You could come out of this situation in your relationships more beat up. Or you could determine, no, I'm going to allow it to develop perseverance in me. I'm getting more resilient. I'm getting stronger. My faith is bigger. My belief is higher. My destiny is more sure because I'm allowing trials to do something. I got joy. I'm walking through it, but I got a smile on my face. I'm dealing with it, but I got a smile on my face. I cried myself to sleep last night, but I'm getting stronger I'm getting better. I'm using it. I'm not letting it use me. I'm using it. Why? Because perseverance must finish its work. Somebody shout, finish it. Finish it. Don't go halfway. Don't quit too early. Don't, when the heat gets turned up, go, I got to run out of the kitchen. No, you lean into it in that moment. Why? Because it's finishing. Let it finish its work. Let God finish the work. Let God complete the thing in you. Why? Because he wants you to be mature and complete. The word complete is whole, not lacking anything. Here's the deal. If you're walking through a trial, if you'll allow God, he will use it to complete you, fulfill you, make you whole. I don't like it. I don't like going to the gym. But I like being healthy. I don't like the strain. I don't like the stress. It's going to make me whole. I don't like the stretching, God. Well, the stretching grows your capacity. He's trying to complete something in you. He's trying to fulfill something and you, here's what else James tells us about being in the middle of trials. He tells us this, number three, that, that in the middle of them, you can ask for help. Not only can you name it, you get determined what it is. Not only can you use it, you can come out better or you can come out bitter. You can come out stronger. You can come out weaker. It's up to you. It's not God's fault. 
It's what you do with it. But he also tells us that, that in the middle of it, we can ask for help. Look what he says next. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, this has been my prayer at least on a weekly basis since my early 20s because God has always put me in positions that were way over my head. And I took this promise to him so many times, probably a thousand times. He said, if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask of God who gives it generously. I tell God all the time, you told me you'd give it to me generously. To all without finding fault and it will be given to him but when he asks, listen, he must believe and not doubt. So you can't go, God, I, I trust you for some wisdom, and then go, I hope he really does it. No, I pray, and then when I get done praying, and y'all may think I'm crazy, I just stop and go, God, I thank you, I'm full of wisdom. I'm, I got wisdom beyond my years. I got wisdom beyond my experience. I got wisdom that will blow the minds of people. They'll, they'll look at my age and think I'm 20 years older than I am because the wisdom that I have is from heaven. You can't doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed around. Man, doesn't this apply to how trials, are, they either blow you around or they, or they anchor you and they get your footing solid. God, I'm trusting you in the middle of this. God, I, I want wisdom to know what, how to handle it. I want wisdom to know how to walk through it. I want wisdom to know how to come out better on the other side of it. And he said, that man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He's double-minded, unstable in all his ways. In other words, you can't, you can't walk through a trial like one foot in faith and one foot out of faith. Yep. Are y'all following me? You, you can't walk through a trial going, God, I, I trust you, but I got a backup plan in case you don't come through for me. <laughs> no, God's saying, I want you to go all in with me. I, I want you to be 100% that, that I've got you, I'm caring for you, I'm walking with you. And so a trial is an obstacle in the road. And when you face the obstacle, you get to decide what you can do with it. Complain, bitter, upset, griping, or you can name it joy. Why can you name it joy? Because you can use it. You can leverage it. You can come out stronger on the other side of it. And in the middle of it, he says, hey, if, if you need some wisdom, just ask me. God says, I'll give you wisdom. I'll help you to know how to walk through it. Now that's trials. If you're with me, say amen. amen. The second thing James tells us about here is temptation, and that is a completely different thing, but for some of us, it could feel similar. Or in the middle of a trial, we could be tempted. Are y'all with me? And I want you to be aware of this. He says, I want you to know how this works. The first thing he tells us about temptation, you ready? Number one, you need to know this. You need to know this clearly. It's not from God. It's not from God. James is very clear and lets us know up front exactly uh, what, he, what the Bible teaches on this. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God can't not be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Listen to me. I want you to understand this because sometimes believers get this a little mixed up is that God will test your faith and use trials to do it, but God will not tempt you to sin. If you're with me, say amen. amen. God will use trials to test your faith, but God cannot be tempted by evil and he cannot tempt anyone else with evil. And so here's what I want you to know is that, is that unequivocally, 
God does not have even the ability. Well, God can do anything. Can God make a rock that he can't pick up? You know, God, it says, it's, the idea in the original Greek here is that God doesn't even have the ability to tempt you. It's not even in his portfolio to be able to accomplish that. Are you following me? And so whenever you face temptation, that's what you gotta know. When you face temptation to sin, to lash out, to be prideful, to whatever it is, you gotta know right there, this isn't God. This isn't God trying to see if I will choose good instead of evil. No, it's not God at all. Are y'all following me? When I'm tempted to let someone have a piece of my mind and I keep all that I have. I don't have a lot, I keep all the mind I have, right? But I'm tempted to, I'm that, I just know this is, I'm in a moment that is not from God. When I'm tempted to lust, I'm in a moment that is not from God. When I'm tempted to lie, this is not from God. Whenever, are y'all following me? Trials can be used by God to grow you. Temptation is from the devil and it is meant to ruin you. You gotta know the difference. Trials can be used by God to grow you. Temptation comes from the devil in order to ruin you. In order to ruin you. And here's the thing about the enemy of your soul. He has no new tools in his bag of tricks. He's been playing the same game since the Garden of Eden. And so number two, here's what I want you to know about trials. Number one, it's not from God, but number two is that it's predictable. Temptation is always predictable. 100% of the time. It's predictable. He has no new tricks. He doesn't. He has no new ways to move. He just, he continues to tempt you towards anger the same way. He continues to tempt you towards pride the same way. He continues to tempt you to not forgive someone the same way. He continues to tempt you towards lying the same old way every time. And here the Bible tells us, it gives us the process. It's predictable. But each one is tempted when, here it is, when by his own evil desires, it starts as a desire inside of you, dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, which is simply not doing it God's way. And when it's full grown, it gives birth to death. Same old process. Number one, desire. It's predictable. Something inside you, a desire. Trials come from without, temptation comes from within. And so there's a desire, right? Someone offended me, I'm not gonna forgive them, desire. Starts as a desire. Affairs don't start as affairs, they start as desires. Lying doesn't start as a lie, it starts as a desire inside. Are you following me? Yes. Temptation doesn't start out here. It's not the boogeyman out to get you. It's not somebody in a red suit with a pitchfork out to get you. Starts as a desire right in here. Are you following me? That's what James says. Start by our own evil desires, and we all have them. All of us are in that boat. That's how it starts. It's predictable. The enemy works the same way, capitalizes on the desire, and leads to disobedience. So we have a desire and the desire is to do it our way and not God's way. And so we are at the fork in the road when temptation hits and instead of going, no, I'm gonna lay the desire aside. Instead of saying, no, I'm crucified with Christ. I'm not living, but God is gonna live through me 
and I'm gonna go God's way on this issue. No, we decide I'm gonna do what I want. And can I tell you, it's so much easier. It is so much easier just to go, forget all y'all. I'm gonna do what I want. I didn't flip anybody off, it was my index fingers. I mean, is that not easier? So much easier to go, I'm just gonna give them a piece of my mind. So much easier just to go, no, I'm not forgiving them. So much easier, so much, and the flesh inside of you is just like, yes, do it, do it, do it, do it. Yes, that's amazing, that'll feel so good. So much easier to talk behind their back. So much easier, and the flesh is just like, yeah, 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 yeah. So much easier to do that, and you're at the fork in the road, and desire is alive, and whenever you choose disobedience, It is because you chose your flesh desire over God's will. Well, I just can't help myself. No, no, no. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. You have the power of heaven to choose God's way. And do we always do it? No, that's why I'm so thankful for 1 John tells us if I confess my sin, he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me of all for all unrighteous. No, he says, hey, get back up again. And the next time you're at the fork in the road, let's make a different decision. So yes, his grace is abundant and available to me, but this is the predictable process. It's so predictable how the enemy works. Desire. And all of us have a different thing. So the Bible says, Paul wrote, there's, there's sin that so easily besets you. In other words, all of us have a different thing that gets us so easy and the enemy knows it. He knows the thing that'll just, like the chink in the armor. He knows the button to push. But you have the spirit of God on the inside of you that can allow you, James says at the fork in the road, don't let your desire turn into disobedience. And I would even say this to you to help you in this. You haven't sinned at the point of desire. You you need to understand that because some of you, you live under so much shame because of the desire. You haven't sinned at the point of desire. You sin at the point of disobedience. It's when you let desire turn into something else. Are you following me? You, you haven't sinned at the point of desire. You've sinned at the point of disobedience. And James says, I just want you to know that if God can use trials to turn to your growth, the enemy uses temptation to turn into death. God will use a trial in your life if you'll let him, and it'll turn into growth. The enemy wants to use temptation in your life to turn into death. And he said, I just want you to be aware of the two. I want you to be ready and know what's coming in the two. Now, are you literally gonna die? I mean, there could be some choices that, that do take your life, but parts of you die. Parts of you die in here every time you fall for this scheme. Are you following me? That's why Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and you might have it to the full. And so trials are an obstacle, temptations are a fork in the road. And in the moment, you have a choice to make. 
Follow the Spirit, follow the flesh. Follow who you really are or follow who you used to be. Are you with me? All right, can I give you one more thought? One more. It's not inevitable. It is predictable, but I just, I was thinking, man, if I'm gonna end on temptation, we gotta, we gotta get this plane back up in the air. <laughs> the end of the message, you know what I'm saying? And James thought that too, I think. I don't know for sure, but I think he did too because of what he writes right after this. Because he just, everybody's like, oh, at least the death. It was a great day at church. <laughs> really, I'm coming back next week for more of this. It is predictable, but I want you to know this, it's not inevitable. That, that you don't have to just fall to, to, to the scheme of the enemy over and over again. But pastor, I got this one area that I just can't seem to get victory in. No, I want you to know it's not inevitable. And, and James even speaks to this. He says, do not be deceived, my brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Right after he tells us it leads to death, he says, but I want you to know this, is that God's got good gifts for you. And if you'll invite the light of God into your situation in every moment of every day, I just want you to know he doesn't change. He's not for you one day and against you the next day. He's not forgiving you one day and not forgiving you the next day. No, I want you to know that he is faithful. I love what Paul said in 1 Corinthians. He said, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. In other words, everybody's going through it, y'all. The enemy will want to make you think you're the only one dealing with this. You're the only one walking. Paul's like, hey, let's just get real, church. We all dealing with some stuff. And he says this, but God is faithful. Even when you're at the fork in the road and you continue to choose the wrong path, your God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But I don't know, I'm bearing so much. No, he says, but with it, he'll give you a way out. I don't see a way out, Pastor. I give you a way out, small group. I give you a way out, authentic relationships. I give you a way out, some people around you that you can go, I keep falling in this area over and over and I'm tired of doing it. I don't want it to be inevitable in my life. He says, God will give you a way out, community, the body of Christ getting in the house of God on the weekend. He'll provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. You can stand. You can stand. Notice he didn't say he'll take it away necessarily. He just said, you'll be able to stand. And then James ends this section by saying this, that he chose to give us birth through the word of truth. The word of truth, the word, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. He's talking about Jesus. That we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. You know what James is ending this section telling us? Is that you've got power and if you don't give up, victory is yours. Here's the deal. Something, sometimes trials, you just have to outlast them. And victory is yours. Sometimes with temptation, you just gotta outlast it. And victory is yours. And you know what he's telling us? He's saying with Jesus, 
if you'll just keep pressing forward with Jesus on the inside of you, victory is yours. Here's what I want you to know, that if you're in a trial, victory is yours. Why? Because you're getting better, you're getting stronger, you're getting more of who God wants you to be. And if you're facing temptation right now, I want you to know this, victory is yours. Why? Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Can I speak that over you today? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There's no temptation taking you, but that which is common to man, and God has given us a way out. Come on, somebody shout, victory is mine in the name of Jesus. Come on, do you receive the word today? It's gonna be a good study, y'all. It's gonna be good. Book of James is gonna help us a whole lot. So some of you are rattled by trials. No more. No more. It's joy because God's growing something in you. And some of you are rattled by temptation. No, 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 no more. No more. It's predictable. You know how he works. You're aware. You can call him on it. Victory is yours. Why? Because we've been born through the word of truth, the person of Jesus. We're the first fruits of all he created. Because of that, we have victory. Will you pray with me? Every campus, everyone joining us online, every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe for you today, the, the whole idea of being born through the word of truth, you're like, I, I don't know if I know what that is. But the Bible tells us this, that, that when we meet Jesus, we are born again. But Jesus told Nicodemus, John chapter three. Nicodemus said, how can I get back in my mom's womb? And Jesus was like, nah, you're not getting it. I'm not talking about being born of water. I'm talking about being born of the spirit. And for some of you, that's what you need today. You need to be born again. Something needs to come alive on the inside of you. And I'm just telling you, religion will never do it for you. Telling you, possessions will never do it for you. Relationships will never do it for you. Substance will never do it for you. They will never do for you what only Jesus can do. Only Jesus can make you come alive on the inside. He tells us how, he says, if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I wanna invite you to do that today, no matter where you're joining us from in one of our rooms online. If that's you, you'd say, Pastor, I don't, I'm not alive. It's I don't know that I know Jesus. I don't know that I've ever been born again. Today, I want that. If that's you, just pray this with us. We're all gonna pray together out loud for the benefit of those praying for the first time. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. Today I make you my Lord and Savior. I thank you for a brand new beginning. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate all those who made that decision.
Hey, if you just did that, the scripture teaches us that all of heaven is rejoicing with you. And we wanna know about it. We wanna rejoice with you. We're not gonna show up at your house or anything. I just wanna get a free resource into your hand. A couple years ago, I wrote a book called Fully Alive, and it's all about how to live this faith journey. And here's how you get it. It's really simple. Just text the keyword LCS to 94,000, LCS to 94,000. And we will get that in the mail to you, no matter where you live around the world. So LCS to 94,000, we'll get that out to you this week. Well, uh, next week we continue this series. Don't miss a week of it. Just determine in your heart, I'm gonna have perfect attendance for the month of February. I think it'll bless you and help you. If you found today's message helpful, feel free to rate, review, or even share it with a friend. Also wanna encourage you to think about partnering with us, you know, together through your giving, we can take this message around the world and make a difference in the lives of so many people. Thanks again for joining us today. If you would like to partner with us, you can do so by clicking the link in the description, visiting lifepoint.org give, or via text messaging on your mobile device. Just text the dollar amount of your gift and keyword LifePoint to 45777. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart.